Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mass Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by Jaren. What's up, guys? So today is a celebratory day here in Dallas. It is actually Luka Doncic Day. Happy Luka Doncic Day. Happy Luka Doncic Day. Uh, this was denoted last year. I don't remember how exactly. Wasn't it like the city of Dallas like just made today Luka Doncic Day? Yeah, I think I don't even think it was like some ceremony. It was just yeah, it was just they just wrote it down and it yeah. Like, so <laughs> I don't know if it's like some sort of ploy for Luca to stay. Um, I don't really think it will matter if the Mavs suck in a couple of years. I think he'll, you know, he could definitely leave regardless. But it is really cool nonetheless, and I bet helps him feel more at home. I'm all here for it. Um, the only thing is like obviously they just missed out on a huge opportunity by not making it on July 7th for the 77. I don't really know what. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like the city council members or something, the people who are, like, making this day. July 7th is National something day. Uh, Like, it was probably something like that. It was either that or, like, they just completely botched everything and they just don't know much about basketball or anything. But, hey, nonetheless, um, it is what it is. But we are actually recording this on July 7th since it has passed. Um, But, you know – I guess we still feel like it's Wednesday night, so we're just going to record. It was Luka Doncic day, and now it has passed. I saw a Luka Doncic fan um, wearing his jersey at the gym today, and I felt instantly inspired for the rest of my workout, so that was great. Um, so, yeah, now that we've got over the uh, sort of commemorative portion of the podcast, um, <laughs> we're going to go over to uh, go over a few bits of news here. So, first of all, I believe it was either yesterday or the day before, but uh, Maxi Kleber and Frank Nitlikina both had partially guaranteed deals, and um, if the Mavericks didn't, uh, like, waive them or not guarantee their deal, by that date, um, I believe it was actually when the moratorium was lifted, then they were fully guaranteed contracts for next season. So, they have become fully guaranteed. Do you have any quick thoughts on this, Jaren? Uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like it was a given signing really both those guys. Um, Maxi Kleber was a need. Uh, I mean, I, I think there's no, no, not a single thought, maybe for Frank, uh, but I think there was yeah. not a single thought of not guaranteeing Maxi or any of those. Yeah. No, I can, I completely concur on that. Um, I saw a couple Mavs fans pining to, wave Frank and sign somebody else on the veteran minimum, but I don't really think that was ever something that was going to come to fruition. Eight. Anything the Mavericks do with this roster right now is going to have to come be a trade. So I don't know. I really don't have much thoughts on it. It was basically expected. It was a given. Um, It was also announced via Mark Stein that the Mavericks are going to be using a portion of their taxpayer MLE to pay Jaden Hardy. And unfortunately, due to like these, just the amount of cap space they have, they won't be able to sign him to a four-year deal, but they will be able to sign him to a three-year deal in which he can become a restricted free agent at the end of that deal. Um, seems like they're not making the same mistake with a second-round pick as they did with Jalen Brunson. Um, structuring this deal better from the start, which is wise, but, if, you know, they – didn't do it they 
the backlash they'd face would be immeasurable. So, I mean, I was definitely expecting this. Um, but it also does um, show that JaVale McGee's reported figure of, uh, as pointed out by CBA Mavs on um, Twitter, JaVale McGee's reported figure of three years, 20.1 million is actually a little inaccurate. JaVale McGee is going to get slightly less than the full taxpayer MLE, which is like um, three years, 20.4 million, I believe, with the adjusted cap. So um, I assume JaVale signing for three years, 17 to 18, somewhere in that range. Um, Which, I mean, hey, that makes it a little less displeasing in terms of I guess some fans' reaction to JaVale's contract. You, me personally, I wasn't really too pressed about it. JaVale McGee seems to have been a player that has aged well. And, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's especially with the cap rising, it's really not as high as a contract as people say that it is. It's just so many teams are over the cap and over the tax this year that it, you know, the taxpayer MLE seemed to be like so. I, it seemed to be a, more of a premium than it ever has been this offseason from what I could surmise. Do you have any um, thoughts on the structure of the Jaden Hardy and JaVale McGee deal, Jaren? Yeah, for JaVale McGee, um, I mean, at the time, whenever it was first reported, I thought it was definitely a little bit of an overpay, but I wasn't I wasn't mad. I wasn't unhappy about it. I figured we got to lock in a center somehow. That's one way to lock it in. But now that it's fizzling out to about 17 to 18 mil, I think it is now, which I believe sits around five and a half a year or around yes. five and a half a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and 6.3 or 6.4 of that is taxpayer. So whatever yeah, so whatever that is. Jay's getting like just a little bit over one mil. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the rest goes to Hardy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that worked out, honestly. Uh, I was a little confused, especially once – it was three years, uh, three year, 20 mil. I was a little mm-hmm. confused on how they would work out the Hardy situation. Um, but yeah, they, they seem to have done that good. They learned from their mistakes, unfortunately. Um, but three years restricted free agency at the end of the third year. Like, I mean, it, low risk, high reward. That, that's, I think that's the bottom line. No, with this definitely. Path, so. I mean, I guess my biggest takeaway from this is just that they didn't signed Hardy to a two-way spot, which, you know, I don't know if that was an option before Jalen Brunson. Supposedly the Mavs front office was operating under the assumption Jalen Brunson was going to come back at the draft, or at least during the draft time. I don't know if I necessarily believe that. And they didn't make the Jaden Hardy pick with any connotations of Jalen Brunson leaving. I don't know how true that is. Um, But this definitely locks in Hardy is not – you know, he's going to be on the active roster more often than not. I mean, you know, if he really doesn't have a good summer league, you know, I could see him getting time with the legends if the Mavs are able to bring in another ball handle or something. But as it stands right now, I think he will be on the active roster for the most part because the Mavs really do not have anyone that can create any sort of offense outside of Spencer Dinwiddie or Luka Doncic at the moment. At the moment, yeah. Yeah. I, I see him. I see him getting minutes, though. Uh, maybe not every game. I can see him getting the Frank Nielakina treatment like he did this year to where maybe – and honestly raise those minutes up a little bit. Yeah. But just to where, like, he's kind of at the end of the bench. Um, but this guy's young. You know, he's 19 right now. Or 
I think he, he just turned, turned 20, 20 today, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the other day, yeah. Yeah, so have, shout out to him. Happy birthday for him. Um, but, yeah, he's 20 years old. Like, he's a guy that, you know, you kind of want to play. Like, he, he's not a guy you want to stick at the end of the bench and be like, oh, let's use him only for emergency purposes. Like, he, he's a guy you want to stick out there uh, and get him as much minutes as possible. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how that happens, especially if he has a good summer league. So Yeah. I mean, I think it all depends on projections, too, because, you know, if the Mavs don't do anything for the rest of the offseason, I don't think I would pencil them in as contenders. You know, that could always obviously always change. But, you know, I still think the Mavs are definitely a playoff team nonetheless. But, you know, if you're not going to be contending, you can maybe afford to give Hardy 15, 20 minutes a game versus maybe like 10. Um, if we had another ball handler – on the roster, such as a Dragic. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, but I'm definitely excited to see him start playing, as I know you are as well. But we're just going to have to go see how Summer League does. And um, because, you know, all the stuff coming out of the Mass Summer League practices, all the media around him is just like all highlights. Like, oh, he's just so incredibly great and all this stuff. But let's see how he pans out. I don't want to get too high or too low on him, you know. While I'm very excited for his potential, at the end of the day, he is a second-round pick. So, we'll see how everything goes with that. Um, Next, we'll be into the little Reggie Bullock rumor that came about the <laughs> other day. Yeah. Uh, Reggie, Reggie Bullock, on his Instagram story, had, like, two posts of him, like, I guess, I don't know how to say this, on, you know, in Instagram terms, but basically kind of – or he was reposting to his story – um, I guess his friends and they like captioned like on their story. It was like, Oh, next six, uh, next sixer at uh, Y zero bowl or whatever his Instagram um, ad is. And they were like, I don't know, poking fun at him or whatever. I don't know. I haven't read too much into this. Reggie Bullock tweeted something along the lines of my homies wild and or something like that a little later after this. Um, I don't know if there's really any credence to that. I could definitely see his friends just like having been, you know, messing with him amidst it being the NBA offseason. You know, you're friends with an NBA player, you might like post something dumb just to like stir the pot up a little bit. But you know, given a nothing really happened the last couple of days or like like the last two days since that happened, if he would have found out that he was being traded, you know, something would have came out by now. So I don't really give any credence to that. What about you, Jaren? Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to go back in the timeline. It was on July 4th, and I just remember, you know, seeing everything. And I don't know what – I don't know if he read the story and was like, oh, this would be cool to post, or if he just reposted it just because of his friends. He didn't even think about it. He just reposted it. But right it, in your conscience, you have to know, and especially a franchise like the Dallas Mavericks, that fans are going to go – they're going to go wild. Oh, if, yes. <laughs> if they see something like that. Yeah. Everybody's minds was racing. Uh, we're racing for <clears throat> what? Like, I think this whole ordeal happened for two hours or something. Yeah, until he came in and tweeted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like I remember for that little bit, like I was thinking, and I was like, no, please don't, please don't, please don't be a trade. And then I started working it out, and I was like, well, we could do this and we could do that. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad nothing happens. I love Reggie, um, but. Yeah, that, that was a funny situation that could have been definitely 
it shouldn't have happened, but it happens, and that's the off season. There's always some some sort of news, and you, you sometimes get news like that. So, yeah. So just for the fun of it, um, let's throw a fake trade here, just to get the pot stirring. Even though I really don't think that there is much of anything going on in the Reggie Bullock department. Um, in terms of going to the Sixers. Um, I believe this works out cap-wise. I'm going to go ahead and put this in the trade machine real quick just to confirm. But I guess I'll go ahead and propose it as I search this up, see if it's confirming. Would you do Tim Hardaway Jr., Reggie Bullock, and Dwight Powell for Matisse Thibel and Tobias Harris? And who says no? I, I wouldn't say no. No, like in terms of like the Mavs or the Sixers, and like, who do you think would say no to that trade? Are, are you talking about in terms of franchise? Yeah, I, I think uh, I don't know because like the Sixers, I mean they have an abundance of guards, but I feel like they yeah they need shooting desperately, shooting. dude. Yeah, they, and you get shooting with Reggie Bullock uh, and Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Mavericks, you know, they've always said they wanted that second star. Not saying Tobias Harris is a second star, but in this kind of role, he would be. I mean, and he'd, he'd be able to create offense. Like, I'm not – I think that there would be benefits to it on both sides. But ultimately, I just don't know if Philly's getting the same value back as the Mavericks would be in that situation. Yeah, they're taking on two really crappy contracts. Exactly. And not to say Tobias isn't necessarily a crappy contract. He does hold his own a little bit. But um, he's he's overpaid. No, I can't. He is overpaid. There's yeah. there's no putting it. Yeah. Uh, but he is overpaid. Um, now, I'm really high on Matisse Thibel. That that mm-hmm. was whenever this whole Reggie thing happened. I, that's my the first thought my head went – or the first place I went to was mm-hmm. Matisse Thibel. And then I got to thinking, and I'm like, we're going to give up a guy that's a great shooter and a pretty solid defender for a guy that's a great defender and a really, really terrible shooter. Yeah. I was just like, with Luca, that's not going to pair well. No, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If the Mavs could swing something for Thibault and not sacrifice Dorian or Reggie Bullock, um, I would be more than down. I mean, I think they could uh, – we still think – we both agree that the Mavs can use another wing that can come off the bench and defend another. And, I mean, Thibault, well, he sh- he shot terrible on three last year. Let me actually see what he shot. I think it was 31%. 31.8 or something like that. Let's see. I'm checking it right now. So. Yeah, but, like – These Thibault shot – 30, 31.3% from three last year. So he's not the best three-point shooter at all. But if I mean, you could develop his jumper just like, like – at... If he could just get his percentage points, like if he could get his – He could have like 35%. 35, 35 yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, he would just be such a valuable asset at that point because he already has all the other offensive intangibles that you look for in a non-playmaking wing. He's a really good cutter. Uh, just he he knows how to play his role well, good screen setter. Just has a certain level of like off ball defensive intangibles that 
is like just purely instinct. Like I've never like, there's just not many guys that you see like kind of like play like him. Like, I mean, like even if he gets beat off the dribble, like he just has this sort of like knack of like getting back to guys and recovering and he makes just plays on defense. It's not even like a, he can stick one guys one-on-one don't get me wrong. He's really good at that. But at the same time, like he gets just so many like incidental like steals and blocks and forced turnovers from just being picky. So, I mean, he's been a Mavs trade target as reported um, by multiple people on Twitter. I don't know how, you know, certain those rumors are. Well, at this point, at this point with the the reporting, I I don't even know what's credible at this point. No, I don't. Yeah, I would. (laughs) <laughs> it's, at, it's at that point in the offseason. It's no not yeah. any of these reporters, but it's at that point in the offseason. And, you know, if there's any chance of Thibault being added for some culmination of Josh Green and something else in a bigger patch, package, I don't know. Like, I would definitely be down. I just don't know how feasible that is. And I think Philly's going to want – Philly's going to want to save him for – some big swing they're going to take on somebody because I still feel like that there's a move that they're trying to make for yet to add another star to their big three they want to make, which I don't know. I feel like the big three is somewhat going out of style in the NBA because everybody's trying to make one and just falls apart because of egos. It's not like, like the Miami big three was just so much different because like, yeah, Dwayne Wayne and LeBron James were extremely good, but, like, Chris Bosh was not near on the level of those dudes. Like, he was a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, he he put his ego to the side a lot and sacrificed, sacrificed a lot. When you just throw a talent accumulation of, like, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant, like, I just feel like there's um, not enough mouths to feed when, you know, you have that many dudes trying to get theirs, like, and all of those think they're the best player on the team. What do you? What are your thoughts on that? Quickly, I completely agree. I was a big fan of it just because you know you're putting stars together, uh, like that's that's where basketball gets fun. But at the end of the day, I mean, we saw clear uh, examples in Brooklyn. Like the, those two guys, uh, I guess it's a duo. But but at one point it was a trio. James Harden isn't there, um, and yeah, I mean. It just like you like you mentioned earlier, it's egos whenever it comes down to it. I'd be interested to see if Kyrie ever did go to LA. I'd yeah, be interested yeah. to see how that goes because LeBron's a very uh, general type guy. Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe, he can provide a little more structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'd be interested to see that. Um, but at this point, it, it like I think the big three era is dying out. I think it's now a duos kind of league. Uh, it has been. I think it kind of transferred to their probably run, I don't know, last year. 2018, 2019, like, I feel like somewhere in that. Yeah, yeah. Sort of range. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's always new eras in basketball. Yeah. Like, this was one that <laughs> was an, exper- uh, an experiment and experience, and I don't think it very worked out for the best, so. All right, yeah, I concur. Uh, by the way, the um, just confirmed, the Reggie Bullock, Tim Hardaway Jr., Dwight Powell, or Tobias Harris and Matisse Thibault trade does work indeed. Yeah. See, is is Matisse? He's an expiring contract, right? Yes, I believe he'll be at the end of his rookie deal. If I'm right on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he's. This was just his third year in the league, so he'd be at the end of his rookie deal. If the Mavs trade for him, they'd have 
bird rights if i know how that goes so let's see the i don't know if he'd be a restricted free agent or i believe that's how it pan out but yeah i mean i i think he'd definitely be attainable to come back and then i don't i think does tobias have one or two more years on his no he's on a five-year deal like Tobias has to have like two or three more years on his deal left yeah, i'm not sure uh yeah anyways fun. um i you know we were just throwing that trade out there just because why not i really think philly would seek more value for tobias i don't think he's that invaluable to where they'd only be getting that back I think they'd want to include him and Matisse in just bigger trades. But, you know, with the Reggie Bullock rumor, why not throw that out there? Might as well. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to see. Yeah. So, next, I guess, we'll be getting into um, just sort of the hype around Jaden Hardy and his potential. A lot of um, – and we kind of already mentioned this early in the pod, but a lot of the mass media members have really been gassing this guy up. And people on Twitter have been clamoring over him. I just want to, I guess, more so than just talking about his potential, but like set realistic expectations for Jaden Hardy. Yes, we're extremely excited to see him play. Yes, like we hope he does great and is somehow able to replace the void Jalen Brunson left one day. But we cannot come in expecting this guy to be like Bradley Beal right off the bat. Like I feel like Mavs fans are, especially on Twitter, are just starting to kind of pose unrealistic expectations of Jaden Hardy um, when we need to kind of just limit it. And at the end of the day, just like at least see him play summer league first. What do you think, Jaren? Uh, I mean, I completely agree. Summer league, like uh, there's at least four games. There's four guaranteed games. Um, it, it's going to be a huge test for him. And just to see, I guess, kind of how the Mavs would work around that. Cause he's a guy, like we said earlier, he's going to get minutes somewhere or another. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, expectations wise, if he does get minutes every game, uh, like let's say, I don't know, what, what is the term like punting where you kind of just not give up on a season, but you're not trying to win a championship. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, no, yeah, I mean, so, they would, they would not express that publicly. The Mavs wouldn't, but well, they no, would they wouldn't, it. but it, yeah. you could tell if what, uh, yeah, just have a trade. Management. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's say we have one of those type seasons and he's getting 15, 20 minutes a game. Uh, you know, there's going to be moments, and I know I know Mavs, Mavs uh, social media and Mavs Twitter and everything, and they're going to go crazy. You're going to want to pull your head out of your hair – or hair, hair out of your head. Jesus. Oh, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's too late um, sometimes. But, you know, just for those little bits of one possessions – maybe even a full game where he puts it all together. Like that's all going to be worth it. And then once he starts doing more and more year two, year three, like we're going to start to see this guy develop and it's going to be fun to watch. Um, But yeah, basically what I was getting at is just set your expectations low. Um, Like we're going to see the bad moments probably quite more than we see the good moments this year. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, it's all about development. Yeah. Yeah, And you never know. We'll just have to see what happens out. Yeah. We never know. Yeah. The second round pick at the end of the day. But no, I mean, yeah, just having realistic expectations of what this guy could be, you know, um, setting a certain floor to what Hardy can be, um, you know, 
it just might be dangerous in my opinion because you know you just it's it, at the end of the day it's kind of a crapshoot with uh second round picks so let's get this guy in see how he does i'm really liking how he's looking so far um biggest things i think i'm looking for just in summer league to see from him i'd say more consistency from shooting beyond the arc i think he only shot like 25 percent from three from the d league ignite last year but he's a much better shooter than that um especially coming out of high school from what most projections had him at and I'd also like to see him do a little bit better as a finisher because the intangibles is a fluid three-level scoring offensive player are clearly there. He just has moments where, you know, he just doesn't put it all together. And that's going to be what I'm most intrigued to see in summer league uh, going forward. What about you, Darren? Oh, definitely. Like I'm in, I'm intrigued to see his decision-making. Uh, he yeah, had some too. decision-making troubles. Yeah, last- he did. Um, so I'm interested to see how it is. I think, I think the summer league is probably about. Uh, I mean, it's definitely a step under the NBA, of course, but I think it's probably the second best level of competition you'll see a guy play in. Yeah, um, because of all the prospects and what have you. I mean, even more so than the G League. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be very interested to see how he plays. Yeah. And I would not be surprised to see him drop a thirty bomb one of these four games. No. Yeah. Me neither. I mean, he has that sort of. Is that flamethrower effect? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but just like watching some of his possessions um, with the Ignite last year, he had a lot of instances where he didn't look um, the most comfortable in pick and roll scenarios. Like he had like a lot of like fluid moments where he made the right pass and stuff like that. But there was also a lot of moments where you know he'd force trying to drive, and I feel like that's a lot of where his finishing issues came. Is he would force trying to put something up at the rim when he should have, you know made you know pass it out or try and hit the guy in the cut but you know that's all going to come with time and I'm really intrigued to see how this summer league practice is going for him um, I'm not really too familiar with a lot of the rest of the Mavericks summer league roster we'll get a little more into that th- tomorrow preview some of their guys um, I know that they just added some dude from um, the U from Miami um, the six foot ten forward, I forget his name, but he just got added to the summer league roster last second. Um, oh, wait, the roster is a complete same. You want to look it up before? Or he's the dude from Clemson. I thought he's from no, I thought he's from Miami. Mm. You remember that really bad video of like the Duke player. Was over. Oh uh, no, the season wasn't over. Do you do you remember that? Um, no, you cut out there for a sec. What'd you say? Oh, oh yeah, it says sorry. Um, you know that really bad Duke player. He was going up for a dunk. It happened this season. He was going up for a dunk, and then someone just came and like took him out midair. Yeah, and it was really bad collision. Well, we I think his name is David Collins or something like that. Oh and, no, yeah, he's on our summer league roster. Yeah, he's on, he's on our summer league roster. He's the oh Clemson. wow. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I thought that was funny, but that's about it that I know from outside of Hardy and Bingham. Yeah, uh, obviously Moses Wright, too, from the two-way deal. Oh, and Moses there's, Wright, yeah. There's been a lot of clips of him. Um, you know, I mean, it, if the Mavericks don't make any more moves, you know, Moses Wright, six foot nine forward with length, screw it, throw him on the roster, um, give him a at this point i mean partially non-guaranteed deal see how he pans out especially i'm interested to see how he does in summer league because he's like technically the only guy we retained 
who is playing on the summer league team, who's on the roster in any capacity last year, even though he's on a two-way deal and really didn't play. So interested to see how he does per usual. Jaron, do you have any thoughts on Josh Green? He's actually going to be with the Mavericks at summer league um, in Vegas, but he's not going to be playing for whatever reason, but he is confirmed to be with the team and getting conditioning and practice. And do you have any, do you think he should be playing and, Per uh, summer league head coach Greg St. Jean, one of the Mavericks assistant coaches, obviously, he said he was not involved in this, the decision-making process in terms of Josh Green's summer plan. So, do, yeah. you, do you think Josh Green should be playing summer league? And do you have any reason in terms of thinking as to why he might not? I think besides Hardy, if you could pull one guy's name off this roster and put him in summer league, it would be Josh Green. Uh, I don't know what it is. He, he hasn't played a single – Summer league summer game. League. Yeah, summer and league. Given he's had Australia things the last two years, and we give him full pass for that, even though he never played and yeah, rarely he, played in any of those Australia games. He was one of the last guys off the bench, but it's just extremely odd to me. Is like, why? I mean, he's a guy who needs that sort of developmental, especially this year. Like, yeah, this year weird because yeah. he's, he's with the team, he's practicing with the team, traveling, sitting on the bench, and everything, but he's not playing. Um, you know, I could understand if he was a somewhat of a made player, like was just out of that summer league reach and he's just going, you know, traveling with the team, whatever. Um, but like, this makes no sense to me. He's the one guy I feel like needs a bunch of development. Uh, summer league would not hurt at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, I think this is kind of a giving up point at this point as a fan, honestly. Yeah. To a certain extent. I'm really intrigued to see how he plays this season. I mean, this is going to be what year three of Josh Green? Yeah. Yeah, year three. So, um, Josh Green, I mean, he shot 36% on threes last year. Obviously, that's in very limited volume. But, I mean, he definitely looked more confident as the season went on. Let's pretend the playoffs didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Outside the playoffs, where he was absolutely atrocious and had to be pulled from the rotation and kind of just looked like he laid an egg out there because he was too nervous and whatever but I mean playoff jitters I get it I mean I'm not gonna say I could go into an NBA playoff game my first year ever and completely just play out of my mind not everybody's Luka Doncic (laughs) um you know given the Mavs don't make any more moves I'd be real interested you know and Josh Green stays on the roster I feel like this is the make or break season for him in terms of establishing himself as an NBA player if Josh Green can't show a little more consistency this year He's still kind of just a spark plug type of defender off the bench, but, you know, his defense isn't always there because he's over-aggressive and fouling, and the shot kind of stays the same, and, you know, he doesn't really develop anything more offensively. I feel like if he doesn't at least add something a little bit to his game, the mass of a negative asset in him, and it was a lost pick, unfortunately, like, that's kind of why I'm not as hesitant to include him in some of these, you know, any like sort of deals the Mavs could do this offseason or at the trade deadline. I wouldn't really be too hesitate hesitant to include Josh Green so long as, you know, there's a little bit of decent value coming back because, you know, I think there still is upside there, but to a certain extent it's like, you know, after year three, you can't really wait too much longer. So I would definitely think that – I definitely think that this is a make or break year for him. What do you think, Jaron? Uh, definitely. I, I mean, from rookie year to this year, now keep in mind those completely different head coaches and systems and everything. Um, but from rookie year to 
second year, he made a huge jump. Yeah. Uh, in terms of season, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Regular season. Yeah. Um, and a huge jump in just terms of how he played. Um, I, I've told, I've said this to myself before, if he could make a similar jump in his third year and become consistent, that's the underlining word is consistent. Um, he, he could be a guy who finds himself off the bench, like getting average yeah. minutes. I mean, um, theoretically, Josh Green is that third three and D guy that Madison you have to mention. I mean, you can always use one more. Lead. Yeah, I mean, if he could step up into that role, then the Mavs maybe at that point just need some sort of veteran minimum three and D wing. Like not even like anybody that's really not even a, like a taxpayer MLE type of dude, not even like a biannual exception type level player. Like they don't even really need anybody above a veteran minimum type guy if um, in terms of skill set and, you know, capability, if they can just get Josh Green to pan out. So it really, all, this is a make or break season for him, in my opinion. So Really intrigued to see how it all goes. Obviously disappointed that he's not playing in summer league. I really think he'd have a lot to add to the summer league team and be excited to see how he played against some of those young guys out there, see if his athleticism and high energy just holds up. But, hey, it is what it is. What are we going to do about it? No, we can't. We don't Um, have anything. I guess quickly we'll run off a few points before we go ahead and end the pod. Uh, Mark Stein posted a sub stack today detailing the Jalen Brunson situation just a little bit more. Nothing really new that we didn't come that we didn't really already know came out of it, besides the fact that the Mavs really were kind of blindsided by the how much the CAA ties uh, the agency that Leon Rose and Leon Rose's son, who represents Brunson, works for, and all that stuff. Mavs did not know that that um, that the Knicks' deeply rooted CAA ties would that they were like enough to sway Brunson leading up to his pending departure. And um, the Mavs did not think that Brunson was as stung as he was by them not offering the extension. But I mean, given the Mavs were kind of holding out to potentially shot Brunson in trades at the deadline, I feel like it may not even been the offering an extension because I don't know, even know if he would have accepted it at that point because he had definitely outplayed that extension by the trade deadline. But I mean, you know, just the, I think the volatility of Brunson potentially being shopped in future trades when, especially when he gets on a bigger contract and um, you know, the trade rumors at the deadline, I guess the Mavs just didn't think that it would sting him that hard, but I mean, players are human, you know? Yeah. Even Brunson, who's a guy with a strong mental fortitude, and you know, I understand it's a business in this league. You know, it's not like he's just gonna take kindly to being openly discussed in trade rumors on on Twitter. Do you have any reactions from that, Jaron? Yeah, uh, to add to your point, I don't know who would. Uh, like uh, that'd be, uh, I put myself in that shoe and or in his shoes, and I'm like, yeah, I I couldn't deal with that personally. Yeah, exactly. Um. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, it, it was a little surprising just because the more and more I looked into it, the more and more I figured this was kind of a done deal by playoffs. Um, and, it, uh, I mean, according to that report, it sounds like the Mavs really thought that they had a point or had a shot, I guess, after the season. No, I mean, they, they were confident in recent. Yeah, they were confident, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, I hate to say this, but Mark Cuban game five, like, he came out and said it. 
Yeah, he um, said we can offer him more money than anybody. Well, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, the whole offer thing is just really kind of sketched to me because that's where tampering comes in. Yeah, well, I, 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 guess I understand I that, but like the Mavs, you know, they claim that they were never able to even get to talk to Brunson to offer him, but like, I mean, all it takes is just sending the guy a text message, hey, like this is what's on the table. Like, it's not like well, they had to like, <laughs> like, here's, you know. here's where it gets murky in this situation because the, he has family ties with pretty much the whole Knicks organization. So when does it become like talk at the dinner table? And when does it become business talk? Like you can't, you can't differentiate or differ. I cannot speak right now. Yeah. I mean, from you, you that can't separate point. the two. Um, And especially with this, so I'm interested to see how that pans out, I guess. Yeah. From that standpoint, that that's definitely going to be the Knicks' main talking point in terms of, oh, like, you know, like, how are you going to find us for tampering? He's literally just talking to his dad. But, I mean, obviously everybody tampers. It's just if it gets leaked or not. Like, that's yeah, all it is. Yeah. Yeah, in, in Brunson's case, it got leaked heavily. So, I don't know. Um, it, I just really feel like the Mavs, they just could have done more. At the end, uh, yeah, it's I love that sour taste in my mouth. And, you know, I guess it makes me feel a little better that the Mavs supposedly never got a chance to offer him. But I mean, all you gotta do is say a text message. Like, <laughs> let me let me leave you at this. Mm-hmm. Jaden Hardy is our one shot at redemption. Uh, I'll leave it there. Uh, that's a <laughs> lot. That's a lot to place on him, but at the same time, it's true. Like, it really is. Though. He doesn't pan out, man. Like, oh. Uh... He's our, he's our Doncic is going to be playing. I mean, you know, I didn't witty. Don't get me wrong. He's great next to Luca. He showed moments in the playoffs that he is. He does have the ability to be that secondary playmaker and shot creator next to Luca. But Dinwiddie is not a guy, in my opinion, that can do that eighty-two games a season. Like he's not a one B player to your one A. He's the plug that comes off the bench that can play that role you know, 75% of the time. But as we shouldn't see in the playoffs, like Dinwiddie is not consistent in that aspect um, all the time whatsoever. So <clears throat> I'm going to still definitely need shot creating and ball handling. Whether they get that in a couple years <clears throat> or they get that this offseason or at the trade deadline, they need to get it before Luca leaves because – with the sort of burden he's going to have in terms of his usage rate coming up next year, it's going to be a lot of the same. Yeah, it's going to be really high. So it's really going to have to – Luca's going to have to do a lot again. So I know he's coming in in a lot better shape, but how much can he carry before um, he eventually cracks, whether that be mentally or physically? He seems – you know, he's a very – well, he carries himself well, and he can put a lot on his shoulders. But you assume, you know – Luca gets one injury just from his usage rate being so high. All the stories are going to come out. And um, Cuban's going to start to regret a lot of uh, maybe not pulling out his pocketbook when he um, had the chance. Um, I will say that much. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, lastly, we'll get into the Fred Katz report. Nick's beat reporter, uh, beat writer, I believe he works for the Athletic, Fred Katz. Um, the Knicks official uh, deals with Alec Burks and Nerlens Noel to the Detroit Pistons, with, along with two second-round picks, have not been officially completed. Um, 
Fred Katz proposed that maybe the Knicks are in the place to do a sign and trade with Dallas uh, because they do not want the backlash of tampering. I'm not getting my hopes out for this whatsoever, as I feel like at the end of the day, it's all going to pan out for the Knicks. And because they just don't really have the need to do the sign trade with the Mavericks and the tampering just doesn't really seem too egregious here. I mean, obviously it did happen, but how punishable will the situation be? We don't really know. Do you give any credence to the fact that the Mavericks get like that a sign trade could actually happen between the Mavs and Knicks? Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a possibility. It might be slim, but there's a possibility now. Uh, now, would the Knicks choose to do so? That determines on whether they not whether or not they want. Yeah, I guess quantity. And I mean, they they have the if the Detroit trade goes through the, they have the. It's not like it's a cap issue for them. I heard some rumor that they may be wanting to offload Taj Gibson's contract. So, would the Mavs take back him in a second round pick and a Brunson sign and trade? And I don't even know if that's like necessarily applicable. At, Signing trades money the way that works is all like really weird. Yeah, I don't think that would work. I think they'd have to pair another player with him, but Maybe. I really Maybe don't, you know, I don't know. Knowing the Mavs, they'll probably take back Taj Gibson in the sign and trade and keep Dwight Powell and the rotation next year or something like that. It's getting too late in the pod, to be honest with you. Um, but I really to kind of get my final standing on that. I really don't think there's going to be coming out much from the sign and trade front in terms of the Mavericks and Knicks, but anything the Mavericks can accumulate back for losing Brunson is better than nothing. That's my standpoint on it. You know, if they get get somebody, even if it's Taj Gibson, like, Hey, hopefully at that point, maybe you are finally comfortable enough to ship off the white pal. I don't even know. Um, (laughs) I don't know. But you know, obviously we're still holding out for hopefully the Mavs to make a move here. Um, but like I said, they're just limited and they have a lot of overpaid assets and THJ, Davis Pertons and Powell. And they just don't have much flexibility, especially after Brunson leaving. But, hey, we're holding out hope. You know, the Durant fallout is still yet to ha- uh, happen. I saw some report today that Brooklyn wants to make is, you know, potentially wanting to make the biggest trade in NBA history in terms of like the amount of teams and stuff and players that will be involved in the Durant fallout. So, you know, I think there's somewhere for the Mavs to get a crack at the egg there, but we'll just have to go see how this all plans out. Um, I'm still operating under the assumption the Mavs aren't going to do anything because history would tell me that they are not, but obviously still holding out a, um, a little bit of hope for anything to happen. You had any final thoughts, Jaren? Yeah. Uh, I think I, I I didn't see that report where you said that. Yeah, I, I saw that somewhere on Twitter. I don't know necessarily from where. I just saw it pop up today that um, the Nets would be comfortable making it the biggest trade in NBA history between. Yeah, players. well, I mean, if that's the case and they want to include the Mavericks, please do. I I don't mind taking on whoever it is. Uh, I mean, whatever yeah. team. <laughs> yeah, whatever team. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, actually, I mean, I do mind. I mean, obviously, like, fit and stuff matters. But, you know, in terms of the Brunson sign-and-trade thing, like, the mask can get anything back. We'll see. But, you know, I think to a certain extent with Brunson having left now, like, I feel like roster shakeup is inevitable at some point. Change is inevitable. And to a certain extent, we just have to accept it because um, the Mavericks stylistically are just not going to be the same type of team next year without that secondary creator. Yeah. 
it, it makes a difference. Even if they don't need to necessarily get a, a point guard who can distribute as well as Brunson, they need somebody else who can get offense for them right now. And I feel like, you know, Christian Wood possibly could be that guy, but I'm unsure if he could be that guy that can create for himself, even if it's not necessarily playmaking and all that um, on a nightly basis. And I just feel like they're just lacking that severely right now, whether it be a secondary ball handler, they just need another guy that can create offense point blank. Um, so, yeah, we're going to go ahead and end it there. Um, we have not surmised an outro yet. We are completely slacking on this front. We apologize. But we do have a special one since it was just Luka Doncic day yesterday. We are going to end the pod out with the um, Luka Doncic sound. Let me search this up real quick because it is only fitting for Luka Doncic day. The real Luka Doncic day, July 7th um, for 7-7. Let me see. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, quick ad. We're pulling this up right now, guys. We got the Luca Doncic, Luca, Luca Doncic. With a YouTube ad and everything going. Yes. How have I never heard this? I was like, I don't think I heard this. <laughs> yeah, this has 1.6 million views. This is like really popular. There's Drake and Bad Bunny in it. Oh, this was one, not even the one I was thinking about. Bazooka. What, what are they saying? I don't know, but this is so intriguing to me. <laughs> we tried. All right, guys, this might be the new outro of the pod just going forward, just for your um, information. He's doing the Fortnite L dance. Oh, my gosh. Um, bottom line, we need to get start streaming on YouTube so we can show that video in the future. Anyways, um, sorry for the sort of weird end to the pod. I don't know how good the audio was on there. Um, my phone it was volume. a thought that counts. Yeah, my phone volume. Did you hear that, Will? Uh, not really. <laughs> okay, yeah, my phone volume's having some issues right now. But anyways, guys, um, y'all have a good night. This is Mainstream Mav signing out. Peace.